The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. What's up, you guys are listening to a Velvet's Edge podcast. This week, I had the chance to interview Jack Katsoyan, who is a huge celebrity publicist in Los Angeles. He specializes in crisis management. So obviously, he's got stories for days. Some of his clients include Erica Jane, Kim Zolciak, Nick Carter, Kristen Cavallari, and it's also used to rep Paris Hilton back in the day. So he gave me a couple fun facts about her that I was honestly shook by. We also talked a lot about just the behind the scenes of Hollywood. Um, He told me Hollywood's best kept secret. I'm not even joking. And it's very surprising. We talked through some fashion tips and just any advice that he would give to anyone trying to break into the entertainment world. So it's super informative. Jack's also hilarious. So I think you guys will enjoy. Here's Jack. Gonna be laughing before we even start. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jack. Hi, Kelly. I'm here with Jack Katsoyan, who is a celebrity publicist in Los Angeles. Actually, when I looked you up, it said you are a celebrity publicist who specializes in crisis management. Yeah, I know, scary but crazy. But I guess throughout my career, I've had. Girls who have been in more trouble than you can imagine. Tell us more. <laughs> well, I think, here's the thing. I think every time I've ever worked with a client, there's always been some kind of a crisis management that it had to be dealt with. Like, you know, I, yeah. I started young in the, in the business, and then I got promoted young in the business as well. So... My first client was Kristen Cavallari, who you know. <laughs> sure, a lot of crisis management there. <laughs> you know, throughout the Laguna Beach and the hills. Yes. And then my second client was Paris Hilton. So, oh you my know, God. from the good old days to all the way to up until the end of uh, when the album was going to come out. That's when we kind of stopped working together. Wow. So, so all through her reality show, all the crazy. Didn't she have a couple sex tapes? She had, she had a sex tape. It yep. was just one? One. It was just one. Wow. There was the other ones that was rumored to be out there, but actually never, it really didn't exist. It was just yeah. a rumor. Because, you know, those days were when the sex tapes were hot. Nowadays, no one really cares about the sex tape. Nowadays, I said, <laughs> sex tapes are out. It's all about the old celebrity tweets. <laughs> uh, wait, what do you mean? Well, all these ce- old celebrities are getting in trouble for having, like, crazy tweets that they've tweeted when oh, they like were, like, 14, 15. Oh. <laughs> I, like, and most of them are, like, racist tweets that <laughs> It's coming back to haunt them. So I'm like, forget about the sex tapes. It's all about what you tweeted back in the day when you were like young and stupid. Right. I mean, I feel like now with sex tapes, it's like everyone's seen what's happened to Kim Kardashian. They're like, I'm putting a sex tape out. Damn. Well, I mean, everyone tried. Like, you know, right. the last one we saw was China. <laughs> I missed that one. Oh, Did you watch the, it? It's very uh, slob kebab. <laughs> chop liver. Like, Naturally. It, there's nothing exciting about watching that one. So... That's why I don't. Make, I don't think maybe it didn't go anywhere because it was yeah. nothing like 
racy or crazy in there and it's very boring well also now there's so much porn out there it's like what are you gonna do to and jazz also it she's up wearing her socks in the video come on <laughs> why do dare you on? <laughs> if you're gonna make a sex tape the first thing that should come off is your socks exactly. let's be real like, here hello what's why do you just bizarre I'm like i'm like uh is that a thing do we is it, do you get more better orgasm if you have your sax on or something i don't know is don't that know. a thing i don't know i don't know about that thing if that's a thing maybe i'll try it but naked unless you're doing something outside somewhere in the public oh my god so okay so crisis management i want to talk more about this because i used to be a huge fan of scandal so of course okay. that is exactly what came into my mind is that like what you do are you like the olivia pope of Celebrity exactly. publicity? The, pretty much exactly what you do. If there is something going on in the client's life or something is uh, a big scandal is brewing, then you just have to figure out how do you, how do you divert the scandal or how do you get yeah. out of the scandal looking like nothing ever happened or just make it disappear. Nowadays, it's really hard to do that because of social media and the internet. You know, back in the day, there was only a few tabloids and, you know, a couple newspapers, and that was it. And people didn't pick, right. pick up the newspaper. If you didn't pick up the tabloids, you would have never known about it. But now it's like it's in your face. You wouldn't know about it. Yeah. What do you do about that? Because, I mean, if someone's filming something and posted on social media, like, can you get stuff like that taken down? No. Right. Mm -mm. I mean, sometimes here's the thing. If it depends on the outlet that you could make a deal with the outlet, that if they bought the footage from the person, then if you make a deal with them, then it would make it disappear. Okay. But if they don't agree to what you have to offer, then they'll put it up. There's no control over it. That's why I think now a lot of people were asking me a couple of days ago, like, why isn't celebrities don't go out anymore to clubs? I'm like, right. well, one reason is that everyone is a paparazzi. They don't have a, a a safe place to enjoy their out and being you know doing what they need to do without getting a camera or some cell phone pictures being taken of them. So they don't they're not really doing the club days anymore, bad like it, it used to be. No, there's no secrecy. We should mention too. We mentioned that you worked with Kristen and you formerly worked with Paris Hilton. Some of your other clients right now are Nick Carter, Erica Jane, Brian McKnight. Kim Zolciak and her whole clan, yep. correct? The whole family. And Nikita Dragon, who's that huge YouTube star? She's a huge YouTube star, yes. So who's your most troublesome client? <laughs> uh, currently, um, I mean, we found some stuff with Kim last year with the housewives that was really difficult. The housewives are always kind of scandalous. You know, they, you know, they were, there was a lot of stuff in that that we had to deal with last year. So that was kind of hard. But uh, currently, I think everyone has just been very quiet mm -hmm. and no trouble yet i mean yet. kristen has been t open about her and jay's relationship and people are trying to spin that into something bigger and uh, they're trying to juice it up really and i'm like well you're just literally watching the show and you're spinning her words into something that she already talked about so what what is there new that no one knows about that she hasn't said? Right. So some of the tablets are sp trying to spin that. So that's part. I will, that's pretty much it for at the moment. Everyone else has been very <laughs> behaving for now. So what is your worst nightmare as a publicist? Because even just thinking of this, like, is it your fear that you're going to wake up in the morning and just something's going to be blown up on the internet that just went terribly wrong? Always. <laughs> I, I get anxiety. I, even now, when my phone rings, I get anxiety, especially if it's from a client. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. what's happening? Because if, if, you know, they usually just text you, but I'm like, if they're calling me, there must be something go going on wrong. So that's sometimes it gets a little bit scary. But I, know, I think in majority of, in the sense of it, I think everyone is just cautious now mm -hmm. a little more on what, what they're doing and what they're saying and where they're going because they know what's going to happen. Right. So you're just a little smarter about More aware everything of you it. do. More aware of your surroundings. I mean, the, the PR days 10 years ago, it's completely different PR nowadays. What do you mean? Well, uh, back in the day, it was just PR. I would say PR 101. It was, you know, we had 10 different outlets that you worked with, and that was it. Nowadays, most clients, they're like, I don't want to be on in, in, in a magazine. I want to be online because more eyeballs. Oh, you could have a great feature in a magazine, but no one is buying it. That's so true. So it I comes never even goes. thought about that. And also most people feel like when if I already read a story online, why am I going to spend four dollars to buy a magazine? That's the problem we're having.
But that's also like one of the hard things for you is because once you get something online, it's really hard to get something off of online, right? Well, again, it goes depends on the outlet. Some outlets will work with you to change something. And okay. then some outlets would not. It just depends on how creditable the outlet is mm-hmm. and if they're willing to play with you. What's the worst thing you've had to do? Like, do you have to go pay people off? I've never had to pay people off. <laughs> I'm like so thinking in scandal um, terms right now. I've never had to pay now. people off, but I've had to like make certain deals to like, we'll give you this for te- for that. We'll do X, Y, and Z for this. So it's just a matter of like spinning it to what the client is comfortable giving them in order oh. to get that killed. Because isn't it like TMZs, they'll call you or whatever and say, hey, we have this story. Mm-hmm. We're going to run it tomorrow. Yep. And then you can either, what, so as a publicist, what's your decision then? Well, here's the thing. Uh, some, things that you, the, some things that they're going to run is worth killing or some things are not. Sometimes I would just be like, let it, let it run. Okay. And then you're going to be forgotten tomorrow. If it's, if it's not worth, why fuel the fire if they're, you know, if you fight saying, sending a statement or talking about it, you're just fueling the fire. It's going to go even broader and bigger. Sometimes it's just better to let it come out and then mm-hmm. it will just go away tomorrow. Because guess what? There's plenty of people out there that they're going to do something that's going to kill it. So sometimes right. you just got to let it ride it and just let it happen for itself. I know some people are just, some celebrities now are so quick to jump to the gun and start going off on Twitter or they'll go off on their Instagram. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you could ever do for yourself because right. you're not helping the situation. Like if hypothetically if someone was not reading TMZ would not have never known about this but now since you put it on your Instagram your the followers that you have now know about it well right you make it more of a story yeah Kristen's actually taught me that because people are such haters on the internet you know and I always want to fire back like I'm so Louisiana so I, I get real fiery when people start talking shit to me about stuff on the show yeah and she's like, no, you cannot respond you can't make it a story no, you can't get into it the, yeah the funny it's I get hate from people. Yeah. It's, it's just the way it is. When yeah. You live in a world that people are not happy with themselves. So they'll come after you. I used to say, Jesus loves you too. It used to be my shtick. Whenever they would say something bad, I'll be like, Jesus loves me too. And for some reason it makes them really angry or, or it just shuts them up and they go away. Right. But now I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, if you're coming to my page to write something hateful, clearly you're taking so much time out of your day to come and hate on me. Clearly I did something correct. Right. Or you're just a stupid fan. Right. You know, it's like I, I, you, cannot, you cannot pay attention to it or like get into it because you would be lost in the world of internet, sadly. Ugh. Has there ever been anything that you didn't know how to fix for a client? Hmm. Actually, no. Look at you. I, I honestly know we've pretty much everything that any scandal that we have had in my life, we've kind of navigated in a way that we've come, come out of it. Yeah. Without any, and without any problems. Do you have, you ever been like, shit, I made the wrong decision there or we should have gone the other way. We've so yes, there has been moments like that. Like, Oh, why did we respond to this? It would have been fine if we didn't. So nowadays I, I think for me, I have to sit back for a second and I'm like, give it a second before we respond to it. Let's see what the reaction is going to be before we say something. Because I feel like when you're too quick to respond to something before it's brewn, it's already become something, mm-hmm. you just don't know what's going to happen. So sometimes I'll be like, let's give it a day and see what happens tomorrow morning. If tomorrow morning and this is still continuing, then we'll say something. If it's not, then guess what? It was yesterday's news. Right. So let's move on from it. Because it's just not going to help the situation. I wish I could give you some examples, but I can't because then everyone's <laughs> going to know what really went down. I'll tell you that off air. Yeah, confidentiality. Even recently, there's been a few things that I'm like, I'm glad that we did not respond to it. Really? And just let it ride. That would be so hard, though, if, especially if you're just sitting there going, oh, my God, this because it's your whole reputation. I know this. It's really hard for clients because they're like, are you sure? I feel like we're, we mean to say something. I'm like, I am yeah. really positive on this. If I didn't think I was or I felt like we had to do it, then we would have. I'm like, I know 
just give it a second. Let's see what the real story is going to be tomorrow morning. Because you just sometimes you don't know the exact situation. Right. Or you don't know what they have or if they're taunting you what they have. And or you just don't know what how people are going to respond. If people don't give a shit about it. Sorry. Um, you can cuss on here. It's okay, fine. Perfect. <laughs> if they don't care. Then you're, you're good. Why, why fuel the fire again? It goes back to, if you talk about it and it's going to go worldwide right. easily, quickly, it takes so much confidence just to go, okay, let's just sit on this and just go with it. Well, that's why I said, make the next 24 hours, please get off Twitter yeah. and get off in social media. Go like just be a busy. normal person for the next 24 hours. You could live without social media for the next 24 mm-hmm. hours. Like it's not going to kill you. Well, you've been doing this for a really long time, right? You got started at 16. I got started at 16. How is that even possible? I was in school and I needed to, to do um, get a job for a credit, basically, uh-huh. of my high school, last year of high school. And I started working at a small PR firm. And, um, and I kind of never left. Like, what's your backstory? Can you kind of walk us through it? What do you mean backstory? Like, work-wise or just yeah, family-wise? Like, just backstory. Like, where did... You said you started at 16 at this small so, PR firm. So, it was like, a small PR what? firm, and they we did uh, mainly products. It was like I worked on Diaper Genie, which is still around, and the guy sold for <laughs> billions of dollars when I was working with him. I actually also worked on this company called Toilet Seat Covers, and you would... <laughs> Toilet seat covers? It was a plastic wrap that you would put it on a toilet seat. Oh my God, they have that in the airport in New Orleans still <laughs> yes, I saw to that. this day. So basically you would put it on the, and it, 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 I was like, how is this going to work? Because you're going to literally touch the thing. Like No, you press yourself. that button. I know, but now they they upgraded, they have the button. But yeah. before it was like you would slip it on yourself. Oh, gross. Oh yeah, yeah that's gross. So, <laughs> so I started working there and this woman started working with us and she was like, hey, I'm... My daughter is working on the Grammys and she needs someone to help out. Would you want to do it? I was like, Grammys, sure. Duh. So I showed up and they were like, explain that we're going to be escort for the day, like being basically someone's um, bitch for the day, I said. Yeah. And I got, I got some celebrity and I started working with that person. And then it, it kind of was like, oh, this is really what I love. And then all of a sudden I was like flying all over the place doing award shows. Every single award show that was out there, I was a talent escort to different people. And one of the publicists, she was like, you're really good at this and you know a lot. She's like, what are you doing now? I go, well, I'm at a PR firm now. I'm working for products. She's like, well, you should do talent. She's like, I'm actually looking for someone to work for me. Do you want to work for me? And I was like, okay, what am I getting paid? Right. <laughs> what, what, what does this salary look like? Um, that was it. So I moved into that company. I actually, this is crazy because we just were talking about this from a couple of my coworkers. I had to bring a fake ID to get the job. Because you probably time, couldn't even drink, could you? I, I, no, I could not. At the time, I was 19. Oh, and my God. She was like, I, I, you know, can you can you work? I was like, yeah. So I literally had to get a fake ID to get the job, and it worked. And then when they celebrated my 21st birthday, they were, like, confused about yeah. it. I was like, yeah, I had to use a fake ID to get this job. And that was, like, the butt of joke for the company for, for a while that we hired you with a fake ID. So you just had a natural talent for this. You, here's the thing I always say PR is either you do or you don't yeah so you have it has to come within it's not that you're gonna have to go to school and study for it or take get a college degree it, honestly if you it doesn't help whatsoever no just, I actually a have a PR degree <laughs> there you go and look what I'm doing with my exactly. life exactly <laughs> I was I always say that I'm like I'm so happy that I mean I quit halfway through which my mom was not very proud of me about that I'm sure um because I was like okay I'm pissing out on my like all the money that you spent on on college now but I'm like gonna be a publicist mom I got a job full-time so but I looking back now I'm like thank god I don't have those debts to pay off right because most people are still in debt from going to school right so I'm, really- like, I'm happy I don't have to worry about that but that was kind of like the opening for me at just starting there at the at that firm and then from there my I had a really good boss who actually let me do what I wanted to do mm-hmm. he was just not into traveling much so he would send me instead of him going so that's I the was, fun part uh, that was a that, that for me that was I was like hey I'm like in my 20s and traveling the world and seeing things that I would have never thought I would ever be able to see and I've seen half the world with someone else's dime right I'm not complaining about that right so if I, I don't, if I don't think it was him like giving me the free reins to do what I wanted to do, I would not be here I am. I've kind of like self-taught myself and kind of took it from there. Yeah. And it was just the, the best thing that happened. 
Well, so when did you go out on your own? So it was 2008. Okay. Around there, I was, we basically, the company I was working with, they got bought out by a corporate propaganda, I call it. And it just became, you have to be here at 8 a.m., 9 a.m. and go home at 6 p.m. Mm. And that's not who I am. I was like, listen, I worked until 2 a.m. last night with a client at the premiere and the party afterwards. I'm not coming in at 9 a.m. when I'm like literally dead already. It's not happening. So it just became like that and just took took away the fun out of it. And then when they start giving you clients that you don't want to work on, like chefs, I don't know how to do chef. Right. I'm not interested (laughs) in a chef. I've worked with chefs before, but it's not my it's not your real not my shtick. It's not my Mm -hmm. niche, you know. So I was like, all of a sudden, I was getting people that I don't want to be around or work with, and then you become miserable. So I was miserable at the job for a while. So I was like, listen, I'm gonna, I need to go somewhere else. So I left there and got another job at another firm. I actually ended up crying at that firm seven for seven days when I was working there. Why? It was just the most horrendous experience I've ever had in my life. They had, <laughs> I hope they're not listening, but they had one email for the whole company. What do you mean? One email address? One email address for the whole company. There's probably 12 people working there oh and God. we all had to use the same email address. That so, makes no sense. Exactly. And I was promised I was going to get my own email, but didn't happen because she was controlling. I literally had to sit there and, funnel through my emails to find an email that made like oh this email is for me but also i'm like i have clients who some you know who are email me private things or there's private contracts going on private business going on i don't need all 12 people to be seeing this so i was just it was bad i literally was like oh my god what am i gonna do like this is just so horrendous and the seventh day i had one of my clients was like hey listen i I could see you're miserable. If you want to leave and start your own company, we'll back you up and we'll give you whatever you need. Just go on your own. Do your thing. You could do this. So a friend of mine had an agency, but he was just a, he was a talent agent more for hair and makeup people. And I ended up just working in his office. And that's how it happened. And then two years later, I met my current business partner, Ben, mm-hmm. and he was doing corporate and he was like, I want nothing to do with talent. And I was like, I want nothing to do with carpet. Perfect. So I'm like, here's my corporate clients that are reaching me out. And he's like, here's the celebs that want to work with me that I don't want nothing to do with. So kind of we merged together and that's how it happened. Now, 10 years later. Wow. So God, it's been a long time. Well, now not only are you just a publicist, you're an author. I am. (laughs) Let's talk about these books because here's what's interesting to me. So Jack has written two books now. One is called Blind Item and then the follow-up to Blind Item is Guilty Pleasure. Yes. And so, okay, Give just give the people the backstory of these books. Like, what? Are, tell them the the premise. So basically, the backstory of the book is me and my writing partner Kevin Dixon, who he worked at a a tabloid. We, mm-hmm. him and I, became fast friends because of a client that I was working with, and she was a lot of problem, a lot of trouble. And he reached out to me one day and asked me to, hey, if I could meet him for coffee. And we met, we hit it up, and we became fast friends. So throughout the years, we would do this like kind of meeting every once once a month or twice a month and just like sitting there and just gaggling and f- having fun and talking about things that we had seen or the, the scandals that were going on going on in Hollywood and just like being just being two girls basically <laughs> <laughs> so as you know this couple of years ago we and me and I we were like we need to write like we need to write a book we have so many great stories that are all the behind the scenes all the behind stories. the scenes drama and there has never been a book that really opens up the velvet vault the the, the 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 rope sorry and shows you what really goes down in a PR aspect of Well, it. this is my question to you because I find that so fascinating. I also see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and part of our job is to protect those secrets, mm-hmm. right? Like, wouldn't you say as a publicist, that's your biggest, that's one of your, your biggest, biggest job? biggest thing in the whole world, no matter what. So that's why we became clever. And yeah. um, each of the characters are based on certain people that are, some of them are two people in one. And we changed their nationality. We made them okay. a boy into a girl so that no one, really the audience who was reading it, they don't really get to guess what these scandals are. So the whole, the both books take place in a, uh, about a, a girl 
comes from a small town. She moves to L.A. and starts working at a PR firm. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that girl? And, and she makes it big because she's always at, you know, at the right place, kind of at the right time. And she knows what she's doing. Sometimes she's lost, too. But it's just about her journey in the PR world. And then, you know, there's um, she has two two friends and um, and it's about their life and what really goes down in that scandal world that we live in. Like it in kind of Hollywood. opens up. The, yeah, it opens up the, the eye of the reader of like what really goes down. And it's a quick read, which is what we wanted. It's an easy read. And it also just it's fun to read. And people are it's funny how different people have different reaction to it uh-huh. and the one number one like question that we still get asked about is is marriages really arranged in hollywood right i read a lot of uh, stuff about that regarding these books but is it yeah like what you hear about okay so i always hear tom cruise it's like oh he's gay so we're gonna arrange and i know you can't comment on that but mm-hmm. that's just the <laughs> well the, that's what i mean he's not my client but that's yeah. what the if that's you, what everyone if you says, kind of though. look at his past and if you calculate it right. correctly all his um marriages last about two years and all of the women he married were not as famous mm-hmm. when they started and then it catapulted their career well here's the thing any any actress in Hollywood who's struggling it could they could become an overnight success if you're dating the right person so as a publicist is that something that you've ever had to arrange or like all the time what of course really or or like have them be at the right place at the right time Oh my God, that's so interesting. And I also, I'm just thinking in my head that Kristen told me that her publicist, <laughs> Jay's publicist, set them up. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. There you go. No, it's really, it, it's really still happens. And, and also, like, especially if sometimes a heartthrob will have a movie coming out and they'll, instead of the, him being single, they want the, them to have some kind of a, a scandalous or oh something to talk about. So they'll put them with a girl. So that's still happening currently. Still today. All now I have so many questions. I'm like, want to ask you who? I mean, <laughs> the, there's can't so say, many. Huh? I don't really want to out them out, really? sadly. But there's so many. There's so many. There's so many. So and, in the book, and there's one starlet in in Hollywood that she's been through now four or five of them. What? She's literally on that mission to make keep her relevant as much as possible so do we know like as a viewer do we know that or do we just look at it and go oh poor girl she's lost in love and poor girl wow because it's all calculated correctly and it's done the right way and it's very much that my mind is blown right now like I thought it happened a couple times or like there was just you know maybe someone who was like oh it's not gonna help my career to be gay I'm a heartthrob or something you know for women, so mm-hmm. that doesn't work. But no, this happens all the time. This happens all the time. Wow. I mean, being gay is acceptable now more than it was totally. a couple of years ago. But still, there is also, there's a lot of guys who still have the hard time getting that leading role. Right. Or, you know, be playing that leading role because, you know, people, the audience really doesn't resonate because they're gay. Right. So I don't want to, you know, so it's sad, but true. That's the way it is. So they kind of have to stay in the closet and protect their identity in order to play that action hero or play that macho man that they're supposed to play. So are people in Hollywood aware of that and the rest of us just aren't? Of course. Okay. So you guys know too. Mm -hmm. And it's, wow. Some of them are the, I I always say, like, it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood. Right. But the outside world doesn't really... No idea. They don't get it. Then some people are sadly just not that much in tune to it. They or they don't, really, don't want to be. They don't want to be. You want to you want to believe in the love story. Yes. Wow. So in this book, you guys write a fictional so version fictional of that. So it's fictional characters and it's exactly version of that. And right. she's navigating all with all different troubles and situations that she gets involved in or her clients are in in this situation she has a fun crazy boss who's you know she's out there this the biggest personality and she's really funny and a lot of people love her reading about her so it's just it's basically just navigating in the, the hollywood and the pr world and just gives you the glimpse of the inside that no one really has been able to see or talk about but in a fun way but they're based on true stories. It's all right? true stories, fictional characters, we say. Okay. So did anyone get pissed at you when the book came out? Yes. 
Oh my, like old clients or something? No. Um, um, yeah. You don't have yes to say and, who, but tell us a story. Um, I had, I got in a phone call and it was basically saying that I heard that you did a book and it's, uh, about what has transpired that we've been through together. And I said, yes. I said, I just want to assure you that I'm more than happy to send you the book so you can read it. And, um, there's nothing in there that anyone is going to know that it is you or you're going to be outed unless you want to go on, you know, national TV and do it yourself. That's your problem. Not mine. Right. So that was it. And then, um, then I'm reading it, got a text saying, I hate you. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> and that was it. Um, but also, Jesus there was loves a me certain too, right? family who was afraid of it too. And um, I know that they called People Magazine trying to get a copy of it. And we got the phone call. But it was, I'm like, there's nothing in this book about you guys whatsoever. So. I cannot wait to read this now. It says on the front, a sexy, fun read. It is. It is. So speaking of facades in Hollywood, I read somewhere else that you said Paris Hilton is actually smart. She's very smart. What? Yes. So like a businesswoman smart? Businesswoman or... smart. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people just look at her as the girl from Simple Life. The right. girl from Simple Life has an empire behind her. She has over 40-something stores around the world that yeah. sell nothing but Paris Hilton merchandise. I heard she's huge in, like, Japan. Uh, beyond belief. Yeah. Um, and then she's the most successful perfume, per, you know, celebrity who has perfume lines out of any of the celebrities that really? are out there. I think she's going on to her 38 cent. That's crazy. So, I mean, if not by being dumb, you're not really going to be where you are. So she's or where she is, into that and also character. on top of that, let's be let's be honest. As much as people want to hate on her and complain about her DJing, girl is still bringing a million dollar check from Europe. Wow! For DJ sets, for one DJ set. So I think I think three days or two day DJ set, she gets at least a million dollars. Oh my god! So she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. It's so weird because like I feel like since the Kardashians kind of took over, I don't hear or I don't. She's not on my radar as yeah. much for some reason. But recently someone said that about just in Asia, she is like huge. People die for it's her. It's all about like Ibiza, Ibiza. What, oh uh, yeah. The, Ibiza. the different ways people want to call it. Like she's, you know, she has the, her residency down there. Wow. And then in Asia, it's unbelievable. But I think worldwide, I think the people more are obsessed with her and care about her. I think the U.S. is more kind of have gone down. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like made her way back in the U.S. at the mm -hmm. moment. There's a lot of more attention onto her, especially with the wedding was happening. And I know. I'm thinking of every off. wedding now. I'm like, wait, <clears throat> wait. So the wedding's off? The wedding's off. Was that a scandal? I mean, was that a, like a complete facade? I don't know, honestly, but... And that's off. So I think in the U.S. there, you know, people are paying more attention now than I think before. But she's made a really good living out of herself. Damn. I don't think she has any problems. Are there any other like major Hollywood facades that we need to know about as a public? Like, you know, like relationships or what else would there be? I mean, this whole Paris Hilton thing is kind of a shtick, right? Like. I mean, the the biggest facade I, I would say would be the the setup relationships, um, mm -hmm. and then after that is just like some people have gone to an extent when they drop off the map, they've gone to an extent to fake, uh, you know, addiction. Or, fake addiction. Oh, that yeah, is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard. People will do anything to get back there. Oh my god! Because all of here's the thing: Hollywood loves when someone is been trenches and they've been uh you know put through something right they all we all love a comeback story a comeback it's so true so some crazy people who believe it or not have met for some reason thought it would be a great idea to have an addiction or go to rehab to to come out looking like roses and restart their career Oh my God. I mean, it is like so cutthroat here. I feel like it's that way in Nashville too. There's, there's things like there's, you know, behind the scenes stuff that we all know, but Hollywood seems just like another level. Well, I think it's so hard for these people sometimes, even, even if you look at it, when you're on in demand, everyone is pulling you in every right. single direction. So you're getting all these attention and there comes one day, all of a sudden, all that is gone and you're alone. Mm -hmm. The only people that you have work who are there for you it's the people who are you who who basically you're paying them to be around you which is crazy but everything everyone else is gone you're the 
the groupies that you were hanging out with because you were able to buy bottles of service of, and things at the club or they were getting free perks out of you is, is just poof, they're gone. So that's hard. You know, you go from being top, top-notch celebrity to being the D-list of the totem pole. Right. Not even paparazzi's following you. Nobody's asking for autographs. No one can even recognize you. So it's really hard for, sometimes for these celebrities who have had that and then they lose it completely. So they just get desperate to stay relevant. Yeah, pretty much. You have to. From then, it, then and also some of them have, didn't really think about investing, so they're broke as fuck. Right. So from your perspective as someone who's been in the scene for so long, like how have you kept your head on straight? Here's the thing. I think one thing you have to, I always say when I work with someone, you have to think about the longevity. Okay. And quality over quantity press. You have to think about that. And also if you keep it classy, keep it cool and keep it relevant on what's happening and what's going on with, with the, the changes that are happening with our society, mm-hmm. then you'll stay relevant. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be old and stale, then good luck to you. Godspeed. You know? Jesus loves you too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you just got to be relevant with the times. Um, yeah. And, you know, keep the, I always say, you know, as much as people want everyone to be an open book, the little bit of the mystery is always good to have because then I'm going to crave more. But if you're like a total open book, I don't want to be around. I, you know, already, I've already seen everything. What is, what is there more left to, to know about you? If That's you talked about everything about your life, great. You're going to be hot now. Come and talk to me in six months. Right. Are you really going to be relevant in six months? No one knows. Probably not. Got to leave a little mystery. We got to leave a little bit of a mystery because you want them to, you know, like that person I think who's done that really well is Beyonce. Oh, for sure. You know, even though she's she, done everything well, to she's, me. <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she gives you, she lets you into her life, but it's mm-hmm. not, not as much as you want to be in there. No, she does a documentary and then she disappears for six months yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it is. you're right. It's kind of done in a really clever way. Mm-hmm. You see things, but you still don't. You you still don't know her. That's so you true. Think you know, but you don't. So yeah. I think one thing she's done that with her life and with her career, I think, is amazing because she's kept that mystery going. Mm-hmm. And I'm, we're still interested, like no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's what it. You know, it's about that. I think you have to keep it to that. So when you were writing the book, how did you worry that you were going to lose all your clients by putting that stuff out there? At first I did. That was, so we, you know, we, it took us about almost three years, four years. You know, we had a lot of no's, a lot of doors were, were closed. Nobody wanted to touch us or talk to us or even read the manuscript. And, and then the publishers were all asking for a tell-all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, that's one thing I said to Kevin. I was like, I would never do a tell-all. I would never out anybody. I would never tell the truth about anybody because I, I have a career. I still want to continue having my career after this book. So that was the biggest challenge for me is, is the fact that I didn't want to sell myself out. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to keep it classy and correct in the way it was supposed to be without hurting anybody's feeling or outing anyone because that's not, the, it's not a good feeling. So that was the biggest thing. That's, a, that's why we kept the two. We made in certain people into certain characters. So they kind of don't really get to know who they are. Yeah. You don't. Actually, you don't. And never, no like one you has. You can't figure out who the real person no, is. No, people on. have tried to guess for a long time and they've all been wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person who have guessed it correctly is my best friends who've known my me for many years. Probably knew the real stories. The, they know the real stories right. and the re- they know some of the, the, the nitty gritty stuff in my life. So those are the only people who have actually guessed who, who it is. Interesting. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. 
Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's talk about fashion a little bit. Hey, my favorite subject in the <laughs> I world. I knew it would be. So Jack can be seen with us this season on Very Cavalieri yes. on season two. You made some bold fashion statements this season. <laughs> Do you remember the Versace robe? Wait, did that make it into the Palm Springs episode? It did. It was, it was in there for sure. I, I was so disappointed because they said it was a total like pajama party. And then I walked in and all you guys were in your sweats. I'm like, where's the pajamas? That's what I, I mean. Okay. First of all, to say like pajama party, I'm like, you guys don't want me really in my pajamas on national television. Cause they're not cute. Like, by the way, it's like an oversized t-shirt, you know, nothing sexy. So we did try to do casual sweats. Kristen wore these little bikers, but then Jack shows up. I was full blown in my, first of all, I don't own any pajamas, believe it or not. I don't. I mean, I actually do believe that about I you. I feel like you're a sleep naked kind of person. I am. I'm, I mean, I just underwear. That's it. But okay. I was like, well, I go, this is closest enough to do it. So I, Cause I thought everyone was going to be all in their like fancy, cute little lingerie or little like Who's wearing teddy. lingerie to a slumber party? Like, oh, they're going to be in full. <laughs> Have you met us, Jack? Out. And I walked in, I was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> he was in the, this like Versace robe. This is, I think it was episode two. We went to Palm so Springs. Two, yeah, it was episode two. And then my favorite that has not aired yet is the onesie at the pool in Mexico. Oh my God. I had to wear a onesie because first of all, I felt as you so do big as a house. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I need big glasses, a hat, a hat and a onesie and then I'll be fine. Where does, where does one even find a onesie swimsuit like that? Amazon. <laughs> Shouldn't have even asked where you find everything else in this life. I mean, literally, it was $15 on Amazon, believe it or not. It was the best thing I've ever bought in my life for nothing. So what is your, if you have a number one fashion philosophy, because I feel like you like to make bold statements. I always say get up the most expensive shoes and you're good to go. If your shoes look good, then no matter what you wear, you're going to look good with it. Okay, so expensive shoes. That's where you say to drop the money. That's where I try to drop the money because fashion is one thing. It's it's so ever-changing right now, especially with fast fashion being so popular with everybody. Um, So it's like you could... Even though you could go and spend the money on a $10,000 jacket, that jacket is going to be gone within a month. Nobody's right. going to care anymore about it. And also now, I feel like it's, most people are shopping on the designer resale websites because whatever you wanted a month ago will be there in, a, in less than couple of weeks. Right. You mean like it's, the real real, the real, real. or things like exactly. that? Like, yeah. I was just looking on the real real actually. Real real is awesome. <clears throat> and all the Louis Vuitton Virgin Abdul stuff is already on there. 
Yeah. And that stuff is so expensive. I'm like, so why do you even spend that money when you could go on the real real and shop? Get it for half the price. So might as well just at least buy buy those shoes that's going to last you at least for a good year, if not less. Right. Depends how often you wear them. And then pair it with something cute and still it's going to work no matter what. It's funny you say that. I actually, I just bought my first pair of Louboutins this year. Yes. No. I finally made the splurge. Are they comfortable? Because a lot no, of people complain no. about it. <laughs> so I think the trick about uh, Christian Louboutin is that people don't really understand. They're the It's made for Italian women. And what the explanation to me was the fact that the arches for Italian women are a lot shorter than the arches for American women. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's why it's for the American women. It's not comfortable. Well, the arch, yeah, like I honestly, usually I'm wearing them at night because I got the heels, just a basic black, you yep. know, you just, you just need a good pair of those, but usually I'm having a cocktail and thank God because they're yeah. just not that comfortable, but for me, I'll like take it. I just feel great in them. Well, here's the thing. Why don't you rub some CBD oil on your, Ooh, that's a good idea. That's like the new rage. Everyone I, is putting CBD oil on, on, your on, feet? Their, on your feet. So it kind of numbs it and makes it feel good. Oh so my you're God, not I never even thought about that. Do you know, this is going to make me sound so old, but mine is my ankles. <laughs> I feel like I have like wobbly ankles I, when I wear them. I guess you're going to have to put some CBD oil oh on that. God, it's going to make me like loose ankle to be falling everywhere. <laughs> you know, fashion is, is a big important, I think, in our everyday life now. Yeah. Especially with Instagram. My mom always now says, she's like, Instagram makes people go to bankrupts because they want to post something every day that's so true. fashion-wise. And then Facebook ruins relationships. I'm like, okay, mom, great. But <laughs> I don't think she's wrong, though. I don't think she's wrong. I think she's onto something here for sure. But it's just so, it's hard to keep up. Everybody's always trying to keep up though. And Instagram is such a facade. I have to talk about that all the time. I have an Instagram business and I still want to say that because it's not real life. No, nothing is real anymore. No. I mean, people make, sometimes they're like, wait, I just saw you, but you posted something. You were at the snow. Yeah. Because I was there like six months ago and right. I want to post that picture because <laughs> I was saving it for it for something else. So it looked better in my feed. So exactly. It's just, I think nowadays nothing is real. Right. I mean, I've, you know, the fact that, you know, People are getting busted now for all the fake, you know, travel photos that they're posting or anything, you know, the Photoshop stuff that they're doing. But people are just obsessed. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if I feel like if you, you're going to let that much of Instagram or fashion take over your life, then that's sad. It is sad, but it's the world we live in, unfortunately. And we all try to keep up with it. I know, we do. Buying all the stuff, like your mom said, she's nailing it. Ruining relationships on Facebook. <laughs> I, literally. I was like, okay, mom, you're onto something. Because she's like, you guys, you never post the same picture or the same clothes. I'm like, no, I try not to. Right. That's even, a lot to keep though, up with, though. It is. It is. It's like, uh, it's a, I feel like... Instagram is a library of fashion that you have in your right. closet. Yeah. And the other half, you're like, where is the rest? Because I don't remember even having this stuff. <laughs> what part of the closet is it in? Who knows? Purging is the best thing I've learned. Are you like Marie Kondoing? I mean, I don't... I Not love selling stuff and then, then that way it gives you more excuse to buy stuff at least. Me too. I just started a Poshmark page. Do you okay. have one? No, I don't. I've just been selling half of my closet. It feels so good. But then it's like I take that check and I'm like, what can I buy? Well, it's the best thing. <laughs> That's the way I put it on the real real. And then as soon as I get that check from yeah. you, I'm like, let's go shopping. Right, let's exactly. see what they have. I want, I need, I need something this, I need this. It just add, adds up. It adds up quickly. Then it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I try to not to, I used to buy crazy stuff back in the day, like colorful and yeah. sequins. I mean, I still have some of that. I think I've seen you in some sequins. Of course. But and then I'm like, <laughs> wait, I go, I could only wear this once. Then right. then what happens? Right. I just spent, drop $3,000 on a sequins bomber jacket that I could literally just Never going to wear again. No. Yeah, it's all about the basics. I will say when I sell something first and then I buy something, it feels more like recycling. Mm -hmm. So I feel <laughs> like feel I'm doing good. something good for the culture. <laughs> you, feel, you feel good about yourself. Or I, I just do. Give, I just give it away and I'm like, oh, it's still, I'm doing something good for somebody. That's true. Charity work. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we talked about Very Cavalier. If you, did you see the super tease they put up? <laughs> OMG. I was just really oh. afraid of this super tease. 
this is don't be afraid i think it's epic i mean it's gonna be the most epic trip ever because first of all we're i talk about our trip to mexico I, I was thinking that we were going i was coming to the zip lining because i had you know fractured my arm i had taken my cast out I so i was on you were you know, injured it was kind of kind of a what is it just a uh brace that i had yeah, on had at brace. the time mm-hmm. and you know i was like okay i'm gonna get away with not like doing any of the, the, the zip lining stuff so i'm i'm down for it let's go so i dressed up in not appropriate zip lining clothes first of all <laughs> like wasn't a onesie at least it was but... not a onesie and the guys who worked there they were like you're wearing those shoes oh yes i am what did you have on these I slides <laughs> Can you describe them, please? So it was um, snake skin, yes. patent leather, uh, actually Jimmy Choo's. Very on trend. <laughs> Very on trend. <laughs> so I was wearing those for zip lining, yes. But when we got there, it was all of a sudden, we were like, okay, we're going to get on this car. So I was still thinking that I'm just going on just to support everyone to do what they need to do. But when we got up there, it was a different story. You had it was to like an line. obstacle course. Well, it was, we had to zip line to get to the end. There right. was no other way around because even the... Camera guys had to zip line with everybody their stuff, with, with their the gear. huge cameras. Yeah, so there was no way around it. So basically, we, I, you know, we had to do what we had to do to in order to survive the jungle. Oh my God, in the super tease <laughs> that they put up on the very Cavalier Instagram, you can hear I, Jack screams. I just hope our moment, our moment, <laughs> our moment. I know the moment. <laughs> Our moment makes it. I have this weird feeling it's not going to, but it was the best moment of my ziplining experience. Me too. I had the best time. I was not scared. <laughs> Jack and I got to ride tandem on one zipline together. Well, Kelly and I'm topping me, basically. Yeah, I got behind you. I was like, no you way. You were the top in that relationship. <laughs> it felt right. It felt right. Oh, good. <laughs> you liked it, too. I did. It felt good. <laughs> At the end of the trip, remember, everyone's like, what's your favorite part of the, the ziplining experience? And both of us are like, the tandem. Me too. It was, it was my favorite part. And the, otherwise, I was screaming like a little banji girl the whole time. Your I mean, scream is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I, on the super tease, you could see it too. And I'm just like, oh God, I, I'm going to literally be mortified watching this. But also yeah. my face in when Kristen is talking about the, her clogged nipple the, duct. The yeah, situation is priceless. Mexico was, got a little wild. I guess that's I, a good way to put it. It was. I, mean, I think we had a really good time in Mexico. I lost Especially my voice. Especially at Squid Row. Oh my called? God, Squid Row. The cage. The dancing cage. Oh my God. It was, it was interesting. It's definitely what happens in Cabo stays in Cabo, except when there's a camera crew yeah, around. Except when it ends up on E. On, on E, on national television. <laughs> so you can tune into that this season on Very Cavalry. <laughs> we have. We go to Cabo. Oh, my God. I can't wait for that. What? Okay, where else can people find you? Because I know Blind Adam is on Amazon, right? It's on Amazon okay. and Barnes and & Nobles and some bookstores around near you. So Blind Item and, and Guilty, Guilty Pleasure, Pleasure is out now. Yeah, so Blind okay. Item is our first book. So if you're going to read it, for read Blind Item first and then read Guilty Pleasure because Guilty Pleasure is a continuation of Blind Item. Yeah. And then you are on Instagram at Jack Ketso. Yes, Jack Ketso, J-A-C-K-K-E-T-S-O. Oh, look at that spelling fast. You've done that before. Many times. (laughs) And then let's talk about, you have this t-shirt company we were talking about before. Yeah, so Berm Squad, me and my best friend started a t-shirt company. Just like a fun, fun um, parody t-shirt on what's happening now. Just little sayings and, and, and... fun stuff that like you little sayings like dunzo that Kristen exactly. says we have the dunzo we have hoochie we have a t-shirt that says ysb and uh, what's ysb you stupid bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh. so it just says you stupid bitch paris in the bottom of it so it's kind of in the the logo of ysl okay that's cute so just a fun little something on the side to get creative and you know just continue being creative on because PR is creative, so you have totally. to be creative. So I think it just keeps the creativity juice going in me. What does Berm Squad mean? <clears throat> well, Berm Squad actually started off when me and my friends used to say, when we, whenever we saw a really hot guy, we used to say Berm. That's the, you call a we hot would guy call a them berm. Berms. Like B-E-R-M. Berm. Uh-huh. We would call them Berms because there was a code name of saying hot guy is coming. Okay. And then just, it just became a thing. And then one day we were saying Berm, and this girl was like, berm like why are you guys saying berm we're like well because we call hot guys berm she was like have you ever go googled what berm means in the urban dictionary 
We're like, not really. What does it mean? We did, and it was called, it was a hot sperm. <laughs> wow. So now you have a website called the Hot Sperm Squad, yes, basically. Yes, the Hot Sperm Squad, <laughs> exactly, the Hot Sperm Squad, exactly. Have you TM'd that? Because <laughs> I mean, I was just like, it's, you know, it's just a little cute go- code name. But and then you know, I think what kind of hit it on the head when Cardi B called Bono, Berm. Oh, cr- Okay, so I was like, we made it. Berm is on Cardi B's she vocabulary. Okay, Bono Berm. She called Bono. Oh my berm. god, I love she her so much. She said at the Grammys that Bono left her a note that he Bono is a berm. I was like, wow. Did I just hear this? I mean, Bono is a berm though. He is a berm. He's a hot. He was a hot. Wow. <laughs> this is like a new. I'm totally gonna use so this the now. code name. If you want to see when you see a guy when you're hanging out with your girlfriend, you just say yeah. berm. Berm. berm coming over. Berm coming your way. And nobody ever knows. It's funny because sometimes we'll do it at, out and about, like at the airport or somewhere we are. But like, berm. <laughs> and we'll make a crazy sound about it. And people, you know, they'll like, what is, they just get confused. Well, it sounds like you're saying perm. So they're probably just like, oh, wait, somebody yeah. got a perm? Perm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I know I'm going to get this question 800 times. So I'm just going to ask you just this is in summary. I know okay. people are going to be like, if I'm interested in PR, how do I get into this? Okay. First of all, I would say don't go to school. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Heard it here on the Velvet Touch podcast. Just, just kidding. I mean, here's the, the problem with what school is. I think what I was being taught in school and then what I end up using in my life in general is not the same thing that you ever think it is. It is completely the opposite of what we were being taught. And then right. when you have to go into a, into the world of PR, it's completely different. Um, I, one thing I have to say, you have to be a thick skin and tough you can't cry at the job you you know you are gonna get yelled at screamed at you know you're it's gonna be your fault all the time which everything is my fault pretty much i always like it's my fault you you know you you have to remember that and if you really really want it then you will be successful at it okay but if you're kind of half-assing it you're never going to be successful on it you know and some people sometimes come in and they try out i've had assistants who have came in and tried out and it's just like it's not for them and you will know right away if it's for you or not then you can make the decision what you want to do but it's not the most easiest job in the whole world because you are stressed out every day there's a lot of responsibility that comes into fact you are basically handling someone's schedule you're handling someone's career and if you make a mistake and if you God say you, you F up, you're, it's your ass in the line. So it's a very much also an attention to detail job. You have to be on it. You have to fact check everything. You have to make sure that, you know, the, the airline is booked. You'll be surprised. Sometimes you have that things that are not booked. So it just a, a lot of, a lot of that. And then I always say, I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm babysitting grownups. You are. In, in, a, in a way. Yeah. But it is, it is that. So if you really love, if you really love celebrities and I think you really love entertainment, then you'll be great at it. But if you are just going into it to be hanging out with celebrities, which a lot, that's what it ends up happening. We end up having people who are coming into, you know, sign up to be an intern or they sign up to be to to be an assistant and then you find out that they want to hang out with a certain celebrity and they want to be in the scene they want to go out every night and party and be around celebrities to party that's not going to work because it's just not what the job is and it's not really you're you're not in the right state of mind and you're not really heading into the right direction especially at the beginning because i deal with that a lot too like assistants that all come in they just want to be around the scene or what i'm doing now and Mm -hmm. i'm like you're not looking at what I was doing 15 years ago, though, which is where you are. <laughs> I was bringing my boss's coffee and making sure yes. that the paper was on the de- on her and his desk at a certain time, because if I didn't, I was in trouble. Right. You got to do the work first. You got to pay your dues. I would say if you pay your dues, mm-hmm. I, you would always get rewarded. You would always get ahead of your, you know, yourself and your job or whatever it is that you're doing. You got to pay the dues. Yeah. None of us, you know came in and all of a sudden was not handed to us. No. It just, it's not like that. No. You know, we all worked up to where we are now. So, but... I think that's really good advice. Nowadays, I think a lot of... The, there's a lot of people who are, feel entitled. Yeah. And also a lot of people who are in the generation of Instagram who think they're famous on Instagram. Just because you have a public figure on your Instagram 
let me tell you that you're not famous no. and no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. So I don't care how many followers you have. If you were going to step into my office to work, you need to work. I'm not treating you on any different than the, the last assistant or the last person or whoever it is. You're going to have to put your work in. I don't care if you have a million followers, you're still going to have to put the work in. Mm-hmm. So it just, you got to be passionate about PR because it's not your typical thing. It's just, you got to be, and you have to be people's person. If you, someone is not people's person, then you're not, you're not the right business. It's not the right business. For no, you. no, no at all. Well, I think that's really good advice. I think that's pretty much that can go for anything in the entertainment industry. Uh, agree. Agree. Yeah. Be, you know, you, the certain person did not start off as an agent. They started off at the mailroom. So exactly. they were delivering someone's mail. So you have to keep that in mind. Exactly. Well, Jack, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You guys check Jack out on Very Cavalry this season, season two, and on Instagram at Jack Ketso. And on Burn Squad. Thank oh you. Oh, my God. Burn. How Shop did I forget burn about squad. that Burn? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.